0: Hello. You are, you are listening, listening to, to The Carol Connection, Connection with, with your, your host, Jared Carroll.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Carol Connection. I am your host, Jared Carroll, here to bring you guys another great episode. I did want to take a chance to shout out my last episode, episode twenty four, with Isaiah Sanchez. That was such a fun episode to do. And he really opened up. I actually didn't even know Isaiah before we did the episode. Like he reached out on Instagram and he wanted to share his story with my audience and with me. And that was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. And he really opened up about the loss of his father and some of the things that have gone on in his life with mental mental health and it was huge to hear him talk about that and open up and step out of his comfort zone, and that's something I preach on my podcast. So for him to do that was great, so please, please, please check that out at the thecarolconnection.simplecast.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the major listening platforms. But today, I'm with another great guest by the name of Juliana Fonzica. How you doing, Juliana? Hi, Jared. How are you doing today? You doing good?
0: Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks ready? so much for having me.
1: Appreciate that. You ready to kind of rock and roll and dive into this now?
0: I think so. All
1: right, perfect. So <laughs> tell my audience kind of who you are and what you've been up to.
0: Sure. Um, so basically, I graduated high school with you, Jared. Um, I'm from Seekonk. I'm about 23 years old, almost 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, I currently am taking over my dad's restaurant in Providence.
1: That's super exciting. Uh, plug the name in
0: sure it's jeff's superlative sandwiches you can find us at jeff's pvd on instagram
1: <laughs> check it out please and i'll also tag that in my post when i do the post and all that fun stuff <laughs> so let's just start off with talking about your kind of your college experience and then we'll transition into like your work your what you're doing pretty much right now but let's start off with college and like what you did what you went for and kind of that whole experience as a whole
0: sure i loved college it was like my favorite part of my life um so basically, after Seekonk High, I went to Bentley University right outside of Boston. Um, I switched my major, but I ended up with math. So not typically the business major, but mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of business background. There was a lot of um, you know math also, but um, that's obviously all the boring stuff. All the fun <laughs> stuff. You know, I was in a sorority. I was president of my sorority. Um, I met my best friends through. Bentley and my best friends, you know, through my sorority as well and they're, you know, friends I'll have for like the rest of my life. So I'm um, definitely super thankful for that. I had a ton of fun. I loved it. I did a lot of things. I explored a lot of different, you know, avenues, opportunities. I traveled a lot. So I mean I really took advantage of, of school. So I just absolutely loved it. Um, I have been out of school for about two years now, but I'll be starting law school in the fall at Roger Williams, which I'm super excited about.
1: That's super impressive. What made you decide you wanted to get into law school?
0: So, ever since I was little, when people would be like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Honestly, it would be, I was going to go to military school, which anybody that knows me thinks that that's literally the <laughs> dumbest thing, and I would never survive. Um, and then I was going to be a lawyer, a judge, and then the first woman president, which I will never be president, nor do I ever I want to be. never say that. Never yeah. say never. <laughs> and so, um, I've always wanted to be a lawyer. My parents have said I'm always very argumentative, so I'd be perfect for it. Um, and then when I decided to apply for colleges, obviously it was just practicality. You know, what Mm. am I good at? You know, what can pay well after college, all that Mm. kind of stuff. Um, But I wouldn't take it back. I loved my major. I loved the school I went to. Um, But then after graduating and, you know, working in the workforce and doing a bunch of different things, I just decided that, you know, going for my JD... And then also pairing of my MBA. So it's actually a dual degree. Okay. Um, I would love to help other restaurants like Franchise down the line because that's something that I hope to do with my dad's restaurant. So, mm. you know, hopefully I can do it for myself and then help other people do it as well. So that's kind of where the JD MBA dual degree comes no,
1: in. No, that makes a lot of sense to yeah, me. Yeah. And just like the college experience in general, like varies for a lot of people. And I'm glad that you had a really good experience. And like for myself, one of the things that I kick myself in the ass is I didn't <laughs> go to community college first. I know. I wish I did because it would have saved me money. And I've said on other podcasts, like, I think a lot of people should look, especially if you don't know what you want to do, mm-hmm. don't go to a four-year school right off the back. because I think that's an absolute horrible idea. I don't care what your fucking guidance counselors tell you, like, that is mm-hmm. a horrible idea. And they push a lot of people and a lot of these kids who don't know what they want to do mm-hmm. to schools locally that aren't as big as Bentley and mm-hmm. things like that, which I just, I don't agree with. I think... A lot of people should even take in like a gap year i took a semester like i didn't even yeah, go yeah. to school right off that and like i wish i went to community college because like it would have saved me a ton of money and like i think a lot of people could benefit from doing that mm-hmm. but i'm glad that you had the experience that you did talk to me a little bit more about the sorority and kind of like the atmosphere because i've never it's like greek life right mm-hmm. like correct so, like i my school wasn't crazy big on it and like mm-hmm. i never really experienced that or seen that mm-hmm. I, when i visited other schools i'd seen that but like How did that really impact your schooling and your life and some of the friends that you made?
0: It really had everything to do with it, I think. And when I was searching for schools in high school, I never was the type of person to say on your college tour, like, oh, is there Greek life? I just never thought it was for me. I really didn't know much about it, to be honest with you. And then when I toured Bentley on Accepted Students Day, I had a tour guide and she she was a freshman, so she was pledging or she was rushing one of the sororities and so it was a one-on-one tour we started talking for like an hour and basically we just like really hit it off telling me all about the sorority different things like that then when I was there you know my first fall of freshman year um Mm -hmm. I ran into her on campus and all of a sudden we started talking we just started hitting it off again she would bring me to all of the events that alpha my sorority was doing um to help get more, like, recruiting events, basically, is what it was. And... Like I said, we really hit it off and she is now my big sister, um, which for those of you that don't know, basically it's like you just have like a family line yeah, yeah. Um, in your sorority. And so, yes, yeah, so she's my big sister, quote unquote. I've never had a big sister. I'm the oldest of, you know, of two. So it, it's really cool to have a different dynamic. And she was really somebody that I w- leaned on my entire four years because she had done everything, you know, a year before I did. And then she had a big. So then that was like my grand big so it was really just like a family line but it was really cool because that was what strengthened my my college experience and then the girls that I was recruited with there's like five or six of us now that you know it's two years later we've gone on trips we've traveled the world together we you know still do weekends away Maine Cape Cod you know Nashville we've done it all so it's like really cool that you know, I, I finally felt like I found a friend group that I can picture having for the rest of my life. And like, Mm. they're the girls that are going to be in my wedding, which is, you know, obviously a girl thing, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's so important to hit on is like that experience that you got in school and like getting the most you possibly can Mm. out of your experience in college, because like we we get older, like, like things like that change and like a pandemic literally happens and changes everything. Like, Mm -hmm. Since I'm bringing it up, I mean, kind of how has that been, like, affecting you and, like, what have you been doing, like, to deal with some of this stuff? Like, you Mm -hmm. can't do as much as we normally can, so what have you been doing?
0: Yeah, so I have, like, good things that have happened because of the pandemic and then, like, bad things that have happened. So, like, in terms of, like, bad things, because then we'll end on, like, a happier note, but, like, Mm. bad things, you know, with the restaurant, we closed for a month and a half because business was was so bad. Um, You know, nobody wanted to go out. Everybody was afraid. And, you know, luckily we've opened up and things are definitely picking up, but they're nowhere near where they should be or where they have been in the past. Um, But on the other hand, I also took the time that we had out of the business. So, you know, a month and a half being closed to do things and work on things that I never really got the chance to do, but it always been on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of like personally, you know, I couldn't really hang out with my friends because either, you know, like they lived with grandparents or, you know, there were older generations around them or they just moved back home. So I have an apartment in Boston that I, you know, spend 50-50. So I do 50% here at my parents' house and then 50% in Boston. And I live with two girls and one of them went home to Maine. The other one is in northern northern Massachusetts. So it's just like one of those things where we didn't really get to spend a lot of time together. You know, typically every weekend it's like you go to the bars, you hang out, you do whatever. Yeah. And then it literally was just like hanging at home with my parents and the dogs watching a movie on a <laughs> Friday night. So, <laughs> so that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah,
1: like the whole quarantine has definitely changed a lot of people's perspectives. And like I tried to say like early on. It should be an inward-looking experience. And then I mm-hmm. kind of changed my opinion a little bit, I think,
0: mm.
1: where it was take care of yourself. Like, for take sure. care of your head. Take care of your body. Like, whatever you can do to make sure that you're okay during this time. Because this is unusual. Mm-hmm. But this is the normal now. I know. It's so weird. That's the hardest thing to accept for a lot of people. I think a lot of people struggle with the concept of, like, they want to go back to the normal. Mm-hmm. But there's no, we don't go back. Like everything in life, you never go back to what things were. Mm -hmm. Things are always going to be different now because of what have happened. And we're more aware of things like that. And I think masks are be very important going in the future. I mean, if you look at a lot of these other foreign countries, they already were wearing masks. They were used to this type of stuff. So like it's just a foreign concept to us, I think, Mm -hmm. at this point and people out there. If you're hating on this stuff about wearing a mask, <laughs> please just wear a damn mask. Please like, wear a mask. Wash your hands, socially distance when appropriate, like listen to some of these officials. I know some of the shit that they say is fucking bullshit and they're just mm-hmm. like they don't know and like everything's changing consistently, but like just try to think about other people, not just yourself or your political views. Like just just for the record like i feel like i have to say that and just put that out there i try to say it as best i can on podcast to like or just talk like be that.
0: respectful about it because like people will come into the restaurant not wearing masks mm. and you know like they'll give me attitude and it's like i didn't make the rule you know i wouldn't i don't love wearing a mask you know when i'm working all day and i'm sweating and you know it's just not comfortable no. but At the end of the day, rules are rules and, you know, it's the law right now. So please, like if you're going to restaurants or you're going out in public, like just respect the rules because, you know, it's just as hard to enforce them. You know, if you're not, if you have your own, you know, opinions about everything. But, you know. We also have the right not to serve you. So if you don't want you you have the right to wear a mask or not wear a mask, but you know, you have to be respectful that restaurants and stores also have the right not to serve you.
1: I think it's really important to hit too about especially a service-based industry like that yes. where you're providing food and these things, things like that. It's like Mhm. They're going out of their way to do this for you. Like yeah. they don't have to do this for you, especially if you're not taking into consideration their own like they're risking like you're risking your own health and safety mm-hmm. and safety of your family and everyone else. By providing a service to these people. And right. like, I'm very big. I think that what we're doing right now with opening parts of the economy is important. Because I, I, sure. I, I think mm-hmm. if we continue to go onwards, I think we can have a really bad crash. And I think mm-hmm. things, could, like when I say crash, economic crash, I think right. things could get really bad. Mm-hmm. But like, I also am a firm believer, I think a second wave is very possible and almost kind of very likely. Dep- just looking at the trends in like our own country look at Florida or Texas or things like Arizona, like Mm -hmm. a lot of spiking and like.
0: And for those that do have like the stimulus checks or the stimulus payments that are going out, like really think about where you spend that money mm -hmm. and give it to small businesses because they're the ones that are struggling. Don't go and spend, you know, the whole $1,200 on Amazon because Amazon's already making billions of dollars, whether it was the coronavirus or not. So, you know, really think about where you're putting your money. And, you know, if for those of you that are, you know, strong proponents of the economy then put your money where your mouth is because you know the only way this economy is going to stay strong is if people spend the money in their own neighborhoods oh
1: that was facts big that was big facts <laughs> damn come, we coming for next on this episode but talk to me a little bit about obviously your family opening this business what like you might not know completely but like what was kind of like the i guess the inspiration if you've ever talked to like your family about or if like why did they want to open that business
0: yeah so it's actually a kind of a cool story and i'll try to make like a long story short but
1: now we got time
0: (laughs) (laughs) um so my dad is actually an immigrant so he came here from portugal when he was 16 years old um he is a citizen. For those of you that are curious or asking questions, <laughs> um, so in in Portugal or in Europe, for any of those that have been, it's a very different lifestyle there. You know, mm-hmm. for those of you that be- that have been, it's you walk around and it's the cafes on every corner. You know, and people go and have coffee at four o'clock in the afternoon to hang out with their friends. Like it's a very communal society, and they they live. They work to live, not live to work. I think it's that. That's not yeah. way to say. It. I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I'll listen
1: to. I'll listen back, and I'll have to know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, whatever it is, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, and they just like live their life so differently than they do here. Mm-hmm. And so when my dad came to the states, he realized that people here literally live to work, and you know that's all they care about is they wake up, they do their nine to five, they come home, they go to bed, and they do it all over again. And so he really wanted to implement something that kind of brought a little bit of home here. Um, So he first started with opening up a cafe. So he had the cafe that would serve, you know, the espressos and the croissants and things like that. And then after doing that for a couple of years, so he opened that when I was born, when my mom was pregnant for me. And then when my mom was pregnant for my younger sister, two years later, um, the guy who had originally owned Jeff's had approached my dad and said, I've heard about you in the business community and that you've done some really great things. I'm looking to sell my business. Are you interested? And basically it was just like, you know, a chance opportunity that happened. And he was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So when he purchased Jeff's at the time, it came with two locations. So he did three at the time. Um, And then he dabbled in pizza and he sold it and then, Mm. you know, bought other ones. So at this point, it's just Jeff's and it's just one location at this point. But he basically, my dad's also very stubborn, but like in a good way, like Mm -hmm. he could never have a boss yeah, like he just can't take direction from other people. <laughs> Sorry, Dad, if you're listening. Um, but basically, he just he just needs to be his own boss, and he found the perfect place to do it. He's a super personal person, like personal. Per- personable personable person thank you um <laughs> and he just like loves talking to people and a lot of our customers come in just to see my dad so it's the perfect environment for him he thrives he loves it it's different every single day and he gets to talk to some really interesting people and he does what he loves that's so.
1: key that's the yeah that's what I, I continue to talk about on the podcast is doing things that you actually enjoy doing and mm-hmm. like are your passion and you love doing them and I think so many people right now are like i think are coming Awakening to the fact that what they're doing in their lives is not what they want to do, yeah. and I think that is a perfect transition for us to kind of. <laughs> I we kind of related to a little bit earlier about post um, college and like kind of our first jobs yeah. and talking about that and just like talking a little bit about your experience almost because I'll touch upon mine too. I I'll do it first, I guess. <laughs> so obviously I've talked about several times in the podcast about how I went from Texas to Georgia and mm-hmm. like when I went to Georgia my experience in Georgia was not pleasant. It was toxic for the most part. And Mm -hmm. I was just unhappy with what I was doing. I was unhappy with my own body. I was unhappy with going to work every day. I was miserable. I was just like, is this what I really want to do for the rest of my life? And like, there was nothing against towards who I used to work for, things like that. It's just like the experience that I had was not pleasant. And like, Mm -hmm. I had to remove myself from that because it was affecting my mental health. Mm -hmm. And, that's something we'll talk about later is mental health but mental health is so important to me and it's become even more important to me now like realizing like money that i'm making is not worth my sanity like amen (laughs) like i think so many people struggle with that it's like i mean you mentioned earlier too about careers and like how people when they go to college they like how much can i make doing this or that and Mm -hmm. like it's pushed on to us to think like that. Like Mm -hmm. it really is like not just by like parents, but like society, like Mm -hmm. don't go to school for like art or whatever. Like you're Mm -hmm. not going to make money doing that. Like fuck those people for one. doesn't matter (laughs) Two, do what you want to do and Mm -hmm. do what you love. But like, if you're going to do something like that where it, it is can be difficult i would never lie to someone and say going for an art major is going to be easy right like understand what you're signing up for Mm -hmm. and like do your research understand your your skills like what you're good at what you want to learn what you want to get out of that experience and like that's what we need to teach people and teach these kids coming out of high school is what do you want to get out of that experience not like Mm -hmm. i'm going for the money just going for business i'm doing Mm -hmm. this and like i'm going through my own struggles with that too but like kind of talk to me a little bit about your own experience kind of post-college too and I think we really related on this
0: yeah it's so crazy since you know we obviously haven't talked in such a long time but when you were sharing your story earlier you know we have a lot of similarities you know in our life journey so far which I think is just so crazy but I also think it shows that so many other people our age are also going through it because Mm -hmm. I think in today's society it's a little bit different because with social media and things like that you can really do whatever you want where before, you know, back in like the 1900s, it's like, you know, okay, you got to work at the factory, you got to do this, you got to do that. Where it's like here, it's like, if you want to podcast and make money, you can do that. If you want to, you know, be an influencer, you can do that. If you want to do all these different things, it's like, it's at the palm of your hand, which is really nice. Where before, I don't think it really had the avenues to do that. But for me, after I was rambling, but basically None. for me, it for me. some really good points. <laughs> um, but for me, um, you know, I think I followed the path that everyone told me to, mm-hmm. teachers, parents, guidance counselors, society in general. Like it's always, you go to high school, you go to college, you get a job, you pay your bills, you move out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. And so for me, I, I did that. You know, I graduated from you know a great business school, and I started working at a top financial firm, you know, in the world, and it was the dream job, quote unquote, for for many people, and. For me, I was like, even going through the interviews, I'm like, I don't even know if this is something I want. But everyone's like, oh my God, congratulations, Mm -hmm. this is so awesome. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, they slap this, you know, ginormous salary in front of me and I'm like, wow, okay, well, maybe I can learn to love it, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, you don't learn to love it. Facts. So... You know, I had the summer off before going to start my job and I traveled the world. You know, I really took the opportunity. And as I was traveling and, you know, opening up my eyes to other cultures and other things, I'm just like, do I really want to sit at a desk for the rest of my life? Like, mm-hmm. is this really who I am? Is this really like my personality? And I was like, no. So I started getting really nervous before my job because a lot of my other friends had already started their job. So hearing, you know, their nine- wasn't nine to fives. They were like nine to nines, you know, like they worked mm-hmm. in these financial firms. And I've had some friends who worked at the same financial firm as me, and they were working 80 hour work weeks. And I'm like, oh, man, like, what did I get myself into? But I was like, okay, okay, just just calm down. Just go through it. You have no idea what it's going to be like. Well, all of my expectations were true, or all my assumptions were true of what the job was going to be and how awful it was and basically you know if you don't like a job you're probably never gonna like it Mm -hmm. you know and it didn't help that there was a toxic work environment and I was working super long you know long hours and the thing is is that now that I found something that I absolutely love to do I don't care if I'm working a hundred hours you know and it's just like you know that saying where they say if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life like it's so crazy how true it is once you find Your purpose or once you find that thing that you're passionate about and you dedicate your time to it 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 changes your life and so basically after working there for a year I came to the tough realization to basically tell my parents and to tell the whole world which I don't really know who really cares but that I was quitting my job and I mean obviously my parents took it the hardest because Mm -hmm. My parents never went to college. So for them to see me graduate from a four-year institution, have a salary, I was, to be honest, I was making more money than my parents. And so for them, they're like, oh my God, right out of the gate, like, this is amazing. So to tell them that I want to go from this stable job to taking a pay cut and to working a job that is less stable, because at the end of the day, when you're working for yourself, nothing is ever guaranteed. So... It was it was very hard, and that is kind of what, I'll, kind of brought to light my mental illnesses. And you know, I have anxiety and I have depression, and I've struggled with them my entire life. But they really didn't become so debilitating until I came to this fork in the road of, do I want to take, do I want to take the road that I live the life that everybody wants me to live, or do I take the the road that takes me down the life that I want to live? Mm. So that was really hard, and it was hard to you know come to the realization, and it was hard to tell everyone that I don't care what you think and I'm going to do what I want.
1: That's a huge thing to acknowledge because I definitely came through the same struggles in my own. Like you get out of school, I get into this amazing program. Everyone is mm-hmm. so proud of me. I'm moving to state to state to travel and see new things. And mm-hmm. you feel like you're living this life that's supposed to be so great. And yes. like,
0: it looks great on paper.
1: It uh, looks great on paper. And you're like, <laughs> I mean, I, you're, I know I should be happy. I know I should. And I was grateful, mm-hmm. but like, I'm like, I don't like this. I don't yeah. feel happy. Like I'm happy to like be able to live in a different city and travel. And like, I'm happy for that. But like what I'm spending most of my time doing, I don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like whether it was like, I had a great team in every from one of the places in Texas, like I always will say that I had a great team and they made my life a lot easier. And like, it was amazing. And I had a great experience there. But like, I just would wake up and just be, like, not happy with what I'm doing. And, like, when I had to go to Georgia, that was really when I was, like, I didn't want to go. Like, I was not in the place. I, I knew I didn't want to go there. And, like, I tried to go in with a positive attitude. I tried to make the best mm-hmm. of the situation. But when you're put into a toxic work environment, Ugh. when you already know you don't want to be there and, like, you're constantly getting hit with toxicness, toxicness, toxicness. And it's, like, you can only take so much. And you just, like, you get to the point where, like, is this even worth it? It's not, and it's not. Like everyone has a breaking point, and you get there eventually. Everyone does. Like, mm-hmm. and you don't. You can't sacrifice your mental health mm. for the sake of a job or to sake to please your parents, to mm-hmm. please friends. Because like I know exactly what you mean when you feel like you're going to disappoint so many people mm-hmm. by quitting this job that is like so great, and you have nothing lined up. Like it's just nothing. There's nothing there. You're just like I'm quitting. I'm done. Mm-hmm. But like honestly. I you know we talked about it before, it was one of the most liberating things I've ever done oh in my, my life. Oh, my
0: God. It was the best moment of my life so far.
1: Honestly, <laughs> kind of <laughs> same. Like, I'll never forget, I called one of my friends after and he knew right away that, like, I was just, like, so done. Like, mm-hmm. but, like, I was so, like, it felt like weight was lifted oh off my, my shoulders. Yes. Like, and I'm blessed now. I work in, a, I'm still doing, like, a nine-to-five type of job. And, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's great. And, like, I like my team. And, like, I'm allowed to work from home and things have been Mm -hmm. really great. And like, I appreciate the opportunity that I do have and I'm still working on the side doing my podcast now. And Mm -hmm. like, I have more of an idea of my purpose Mm -hmm. and it's great. Honestly, like I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And like your experiences impact who you are and Mm -hmm. who you're going to become. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that. So if people listening to this, like, and you're in a position where you're not happy with what you're doing. Realize we both were in that. We were both there, mm-hmm. and like it's crazy because like like you said, we hadn't seen each other in a while, and our talk, and like instantly, just like yo, that happened to you, that me, too? <laughs> it was like same thing. Like, and it's like hearing someone else, like I say it all the time, almost every episode. It's like having hearing someone else's story can really help you motivate you to go do things that you want to do, or mm-hmm. like. You never know who's going through the same thing that you are until you actually right. ask, right? And that's a huge thing. So, talking more about this, what was like the kind of like I obviously you're talking about um leaving the job, but what was kind of like the straw that I'm trying to think of the phrase straw that broke the camel's back?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was
1: that moment for you?
0: So the moment for me, so like I said, so I obviously struggle with mental illness. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of touch a little bit about that, you know, before we really dive into it.
1: Yeah, we'll dive it, into it after this.
0: Yeah, so it's when your emotions, you know, especially with anxiety and depression, impede on your daily life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with anxiety and depression, not only do you feel anxious and do you feel sad, but it takes you to a whole nother level. And so with me, the, my mental illness became very apparent when I was put in a toxic work environment where I was under a lot of stress and something that I didn't like and something that I just always felt constantly under attack or just never happy. So I would – I mean, it's so embarrassing to say, but, like, it's it's part of my life and it's part of my journey. But, you know, like, I would cry before work. I would cry in the bathroom at work. Like, it's just, like, because I just hated it so much. And, Mm. you know, I think that when there – when people talk about suicide, obviously, they talk about, you know, sometimes you see on, like, on TV and stuff. It's like this extreme where, you know, they say they're going to do it or they try to attempt it or something. But there's the other side of the spectrum where, you know, you don't necessarily say it and you certainly don't attempt it. But, you know, you just lay in bed and you're just like, you know, I don't want to wake up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what would it feel like if I didn't wake up tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Like, would anybody care? You know, or if I'm not doing something that I love to do or, you know, my life is really meaningless, you know, what what's the point? And so that was really where I was at. And the breaking point was one morning I just did not want to get up. And I couldn't. Like I physically was just like the fact, like the idea of having to brush my teeth and put clothes on and drive the hour to work was so, like I literally felt like I had bricks on my feet. And I don't know what it was, but it was just that I had worked one night until like three o'clock in the morning and you know, the people that I worked with were like, oh, you should really learn to pack a bag so you can stay in a hotel. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, if my job comes to the point where like I have to pack a bag to sleep in a hotel room and I can't even like go home and like pet my dogs if I want to, like, this is ridiculous. So it was just a culmination of a bunch of things. But that pivotal moment was the moment that like I just could not get myself out of bed.
1: Literally, like, I think that's really important to like mention too because I had those moments too. Mm-hmm. Like we you're literally laying there, you're like... <sighs> I really have to do this again. Yeah. Do I have to do this again and again and again? It's like you get so upset with the fact that like you're not living your life the yeah. way you want to mm-hmm, and like
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's so struggli- like, not struggling like that's so it's so aggravating that Oh my god, yeah. You have to do like and you don't have to do that. That was the thing that I yeah. had to make the switch like mm-hmm. and I thought I was like why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this to myself repeatedly? And mm-hmm. part of it is to please other people. Ugh, and wow. like, once you let go of that, that idea that you have to please other people and like mm-hmm. do things for them like that, when it's it's your life, mm-hmm. don't have to do things for your parents, for your friends, for your co-workers, like you have to live your life in your truth. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the hardest things that I had to come to like the realization of just this isn't for me. Mm
0: -hmm. This
1: isn't what I want to do. And this isn't who I want to be. Yeah. And like you said, like I'm, I say it all the fucking (laughs) time. Feel your feelings. Mm -hmm. My motto. People love that. And I'm going to keep preaching that. But like you're saying embarrassing that you're saying that you were crying. Like, I think that's vulnerable. And I think that's brave to even say that. I think like, being open, I fucking, I cried today. Like I mm-hmm. cry all the time. Like yeah. I allow myself to be sad. And I think mm-hmm. it took me a little bit to be like that. And especially yeah. the stigma with men and mental health. I think it's like really tough for a lot of people to open up and feel their emotions like that. Mm-hmm. I think everyone in general, it's tough to people open up and just share their emotions with people and not feel judged. I know. And that's a huge thing that people kind of struggle with. And in general with feeling like that, I think it's huge to just talk about because I do want to get into the mental health, but we did talk about a little bit about life coaching. Mm -hmm. And I want to touch upon that because I've recently hired my own life coach, but we shared that earlier. And I think it'd be cool if you just shared how you became, how you entertained a life coach and Mm -hmm. hired one yourself.
0: Yeah. So this is kind of where my story, you know, differs a little bit from yours. So when I reached this pivotal moment, the moment I couldn't get out of bed or whatever, you know, I had a really strong support. System, which was my mom, and so when she saw this in me, she said, You know, well, first of all, mental illness runs in my family, so mm-hmm. my mom has struggled with it. So she recognized the symptoms almost before I did, and so she would always ask me, Are you okay? Are you this? Are you that?
1: That's <laughs> what they <are we> say, <laughs> right?
0: So then, um, that morning, you know, my, my mom had already, you know, she was like, Do you want to go see your doctor? Do you want to go see your doctor? You know, all these like, you know, hinting at it, and then that morning it was a Monday morning, and I was like, Mom, I just can't do it and I broke down and then that's when she said you know call into work tell them you're not feeling well don't go in you know we're gonna go see your doctor this afternoon and so at that point you know it's so crazy because you know yes I'm only 23 but I think at this point you know we're adults and so at that moment my mom brought me to the doctor's office she sat in the room with me And told the doctor how I was feeling, just like when I was like five years old, because I couldn't say anything. My mouth was just like lost for words and I was just crying the whole time. So, my mom told her basically how I was feeling, how I was acting. And so, at that moment, the doctor well, my mom has done it before. So, she had recommended or had asked the doctor if I could take a leave of absence from work, because at that point, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had no idea, you know, I kind of had a feeling I wanted to quit my job, but I didn't know what I was going to do afterwards. I didn't have a purpose. I just like, I was just like, I I, I just can't even think. Mm -hmm. So I took a leave of absence. I ended up taking a leave of absence for three months. And so at first, you know, of course, like the first couple of weeks is really just like clearing my head, you know, going to therapy, doing all that kind of stuff. And then through therapy and things like that, I was like, okay, wait a second. Yes, I have, mental Ill- I have a mental illness, but I also just like have no idea what the hell I want to do with my life. And so I was like, how about a life coach? I was like, okay, well, this could be really interesting. Mm. So I worked with, her name is Dr. Wendy O'Connor. I just love her. Um, but she does, her program is called Life by Design. And it really stood out to me because she teaches you how to design your life. And that's really what I was looking for was, you know, I didn't need to go to therapy and like talk through what I had gone through because I just knew it was like a shitty situation. I really just needed someone to like guide me to my next my next opportunity, my next goal, my next venture, because I was just so stuck in the mud that I didn't even know which way to turn. And so that's really why I turned to the life coach was that I was like... Can you help me pull on my strengths? Help me learn my strengths. Help me learn my weaknesses. Help me learn, you know, what kind of jobs I would be good at. You know, what kind of jobs should I even be searching for? Because at that point, like I said, I had I had no idea. I was so lost. Mm. So, I loved working with her and I would, you know, highly suggest working with like a life coach if you if anybody has the opportunity to do so because they help you and they talk to you in a different way that helps you make sense of things. Mm. Which is so crazy but like I don't know the way that they talk and they like they're so motivating and they're so positive and it's just like like just picture like this podcast like or like the things that you post online like your content like being so positive it's just like one on one she's only speaking to you or they're only speaking to you and you're like oh my god you just get me or like oh my god you say it and it's just like a light, light like it's a clicks. light clicks. And it's so crazy because it's different than, you know, just seeing content online because content is directed at anybody that's looking Mm -hmm. at it, where, you know, working with a life coach is one-on-one. So it was just amazing. It was life-changing. It was, you know, absolutely incredible. I would recommend it to everybody. I know that you had mentioned that you love it so far too. Yeah.
1: So I'm two weeks into it. I just hired a life coach recently and like exactly what you're saying is realigning. I had... A little bit more of an idea of kind of what i'm mm-hmm. looking for in my purpose and like it's tied to this podcast of just mm-hmm. helping people and helping people with their mental health sharing their stories mm-hmm. like finding talking about finding purpose talking about yeah. what we want to do and who we want to be mm-hmm. because when we share this stuff and people listen it can help anyone because anyone can listen to this mm-hmm. and obviously i always like to say it's like a therapy session for me like this mm-hmm. is like to just vent, because we talk for, we talked for almost an hour beforehand, we'll probably talk for almost an hour <laughs> after like, these episodes are just like, th- therapy sessions out of therapy for me, because mm-hmm. I mentioned on my other pod, other podcasts, that I'm also in therapy as well,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and since you brought it up, I feel like we'll talk about some, like therapy, and we'll navigate through mental health now, and also touch about life coaching too, but for therapy, like, I'm about two months in now, and like, it's been amazing,
0: mm-hmm. honestly,
1: anyone out there, that has, like, they're afraid of going to therapy or asking for help.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Please don't be afraid. It, no, it's, it was one of the scariest things I've ever had to do Is be like, I need help. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know how people are going to react when you say that. Mm-hmm. But I've had plenty of people, even in my, my own self, acknowledge the fact that after these two months, I see a, a change in myself. I'm feeling mm-hmm. more positive. I like what I'm seeing in The way I cope with my emotions and like the difference between life coaching and therapy is I think therapy is more directed towards dealing with past traumas, Mm -hmm. dealing with your emotions and life coaching is more forward thinking, like goal oriented and like purpose. So I'm working with two different people now where I'm working with things that I've dealt with in the past Mm -hmm. and why I'm feeling these emotions and like dealing with things I'm doing currently and like why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling based on past traumas Mm -hmm. and looking forward and being like, okay, I want to do X, Y, and Z, and my life coach holds me fucking accountable. She's like, Mm -hmm. all right, Jared, you got to do this, this, and this by next week, and send me an email middle of the week to let me know that you started that. Yeah. Like, I need that. Yeah. I need someone to be like, did you do what I asked you to do? They're like
0: on your ass. But like in the best way possible. Yes.
1: (laughs) It's so important to have. I think life coaching is such a unique, and it's very new. I think it's very new right now, and like that's something Mm -hmm. that's like kind of cool, and I think... There's not a lot of uh information sometimes with some certain programs and like there's not like a legit like federation that kind of like dictates the guidelines for life coaching. Mm-hmm. I've seen some, I think it's like the International Coaching Federation, which is like one of the okay. first it's like one of the ones that are kinda like becoming like the guideline setter for things, okay. but and that's just my early research, but and I talked with my life coach about that. But with therapy, I kinda wanna have this conversation. Um What have you really noticed or gained from being in therapy or going to therapy?
0: Oh, that's like such a good question. It's a powerful question. It is. It is a powerful question. I think it's just... I think you really nailed it on the head when you said that therapy is really like about the past and then Mm -hmm. life coach is about the future. And, you know, I think with the past everyone grew up differently, you yeah. know, everyone had a different home life. And a lot of times you have no idea what people go through, you know, you have no idea what their home life was like, you know, you saw them in school, or you hang out with them. But you know, you really have no idea what happens behind closed doors, or, you know, like the relationship that their parents had, and how that affected them, or, you know, their relationship with their parents, and how mm. that affected them, and things like that. So it's definitely helped me to compartmentalize the things that I've gone through in my life. And, you know, I've been fortunate that I, you know, I haven't been You know, I haven't gone through some of the things that your your last guest went through. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, different things affected me differently. You know,
1: everyone's experience is valid and everyone's feelings are valid.
0: Exactly. So I think it really what I found the most powerful with therapy is that it was able to let me feel the way that I was feeling about whatever I was feeling past, you know, whether it was last week or, you know, when I was five years old, accept it. Put it in the box that it's supposed to be in. And like I can touch it if I want to. But it's like also I've dealt with it already. Mm. Where before I felt like it was always just like floating around. And then when it's floating around it like hits you in the head again. And then all of a sudden you're like upset or you're angry or you're whatever. Where therapy is like okay let's talk about it even if it's difficult. Or even if it's upsetting or whatever it is. And then what did you learn from it? And then are you okay with letting it go? And, you know, I still obviously struggle with it. I think everyone will struggle with it for like their whole life. But, you know, those major things that always came up in your life, it kind of can help to settle them a little bit, which Agreed. I really liked.
1: I like that. How my, I've heard other people say, and my therapist talks about too, like think of it, I've been thinking about like a wave. Mm-hmm. The thought comes in and yes. it goes out yes. and you have to let it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've been, really thinking about when i get these negative thoughts in my head and like these bad thoughts and like i recognize them Mm -hmm. i see them for what they are Mm -hmm. i allow myself to feel it Mm -hmm. and let it go yeah there was something on social media where i saw people kind of go by the 24 hour rule which i might start implementing in my own life but you get 24 hours to feel as bad as you want to feel about whatever the situation is Mm -hmm. but after 24 hours you gotta pick yourself back up and just move on and like i kind of like that and like the sense of just, like, it really hits home point of just, like, feel your feelings, but, like, you got to yeah. pick yourself back up. Oh, yeah. Like, and some days, like, you're going to fall back down. Mm-hmm. Like, you have bad days. Like, everybody yeah. has them. And, like, it's okay to have them, too. That's yeah. one of the things. And talking about just, like, mental health, too, and, like, the work environment in society, I think, I think, I don't know if my last guest said. Yeah, I think Isaiah said it in the last episode, but mental health days. I think that needs to be more yeah, normalized. For sure. Cuz I use them. I just it's a sick day to me, but like I use them as like a mental health day cuz yeah. some days like you just you don't want to do it. Yeah. And like we've said like before with these jobs like you wake up and you just don't want to do it. No you don't. And I've had days where I I would just call out like I'm not mm-hmm. like physically sick. Right. But like my headspace isn't good. Like right. I'm not going to be productive. I'm right. not going to like get the things I needed to get done because I can't focus because I'm feeling all these crazy emotions and I never knew mm-hmm. how to deal with them. Yeah. And it's not a reflection on parents or anything like that. Cause mm-hmm. they weren't even taught how to deal with this. This is right. like society. Like it's a society issue with mental health and like stigma, it's huge stigma on mental health. And like, it's getting better. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're 2020, but there's still a bunch of fucking bullshit out there about mm-hmm. mental health. And yeah. like, it's aggravating. And just, I think talking about it, even if it's on a platform like this or just with friends or families, mm-hmm. like super important. And like, driving the conversation home like oh yeah talk about how you're feeling with people communicate how you're feeling with people reach out to people because people who a lot of people who deal with mental illness like don't want to talk about it Yeah, they're afraid to talk about it because they don't want to be judged Mm -hmm. a lot of the time so being able to push through those barriers with people and reach out even if just like hey how you doing or if you see someone post something sad on social media reach out Be like hey are you okay like are you Mm -hmm. doing okay like i think that's super important because like Obviously, sometimes we're we're just in moods and we want to share stuff that's sad and, like, Mm -hmm. it's okay to be sad. But, like, to be able to reach out to people and, like, communicate that, I Mm. think is super important. For sure. I think a lot of people struggle with doing that. Mm -hmm. And just mental health in general. Like, I'm so passionate about it. Like, it's just – I think that's really where my purpose is kind of aligned with mental health. Mm -hmm. Because I think sharing ideas and sharing how we feel about things is so crucial because, like, if you don't, if you can't communicate how you feel, I think that's going to l- limit how you could actually r- communicate with people in general. For sure. Because if you get mad or angry about certain little things and you don't know how to control that or deal with that emotion itself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're going to lash out on people. And it's oh, going to yeah. hurt fa- family and friends and might even hurt yourself in general.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's a super important thing to talk about. And talk to me a little bit more, too, about, obviously, we're talking about mental health, but... the Stress that you sometimes have to deal with just working for family business and like Mm -hmm. obviously you want to own that business too eventually and run it your way you want to run it. So like talk to me some of like the stress that you deal with that and like how it affects your own mental health.
0: So this is actually a question that, you know, my therapist and my doctor have actually brought up in terms of, you know, are you ready to take on this, this stress? Because when you stressed, when you were stressed at your other job, you know, you couldn't really handle it is really basically what they said to me. And I really wasn't worried about the stresses at all because it's something that I love to do. And so, yes, there is stress, don't get me wrong. And, you know, there's, I mean, owning your own business comes with like a ton of stress as it is anyways. But yes, it will still will and still does impact my mental health. But now I'm more in tune to my emotions and you know Mm -hmm. i'm allowing myself to feel the feelings yeah so when i do that now it's like okay well when i start feeling myself going down that black hole i know when to pick myself back up again and you know when i feel stressed about certain things or like when i get very anxious about something i tend to ignore it Mm -hmm. or like i just won't do it so it's like okay well i can't just like ignore my work you know what i mean like i can't just not show up to work so And especially since, you know, my parents are, you know, leaning on me and things like that, like I know I have an obligation. So it's basically just recentering myself and just saying, okay, like you process things differently than other people and that's okay. But you also need to know that you have responsibilities and that you need to allow yourself to feel that and then pick yourself up and keep going. So Mm -hmm. the stresses are never going to go away regardless of what job I have. Um, It's just a different type of stress because now... I enjoy the stress. The stress mm-hmm. isn't debilitating. I was about to say that.
1: Because like now it's, that's your passion. You like right. doing this. You get joy from doing this. So the stress is almost like a challenge to you. I'm assuming right. like, it's like, how do I overcome this? And how can I be better mm-hmm. with this? And like, that's something that people need to, I hope people feel when they go to work that like mm-hmm. it, when they get stress at work, it's like, okay, how do I overcome this? And like mm-hmm. are excited to do it. Mm-hmm. that's the difference because I think we both can relate to we've had stressful work and we're just like fuck I'm like mm-hmm. I don't want to do this shit right. like and it's an awful fucking place to be yes and I think there's a lot of people in this world in that place currently mm-hmm. and this pandemic is really highlighting that For so sure. I think dealing with what you're doing now it's like a different type of stress and it's like almost like One that you welcome, it sounds like. Yeah. And I think that's really awesome to kind of, like, touch on, like, in the difference of stress between a job that you don't like and a job that you do like. Mm -hmm. And I think you talked about earlier, like, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And, Mm -hmm. like, I really do think that's so true. And, like, because, like, I look at the podcast in, like, a similar light and it's, like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it is work. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this podcast. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. communicating with guests and, like, getting them working with their schedule and getting a time and like Mm -hmm. editing content the equipment setting up the equipment putting away the equipment like there's time and effort that goes into it and like i'm working on some stuff on the side merch on the way uh just saying (laughs) um it's gonna be limited stock so fyi people (laughs) and doing those things it's like i get joy from it yeah i'm so excited to do it Mm -hmm. it's like It makes, it lights that fire in me that I've been like looking for for so long and like
0: Mm
1: -hmm. work is good. Like my job is good and it allows me to do the things that I want to do and I have a great team, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but it's not my passion. I'd be the first one to say that shit's not my passion (laughs) and talking to people and communicating with people like it, that is like trying to understand every single person that I sit down with and have a episode with because learning the things that you've gone through help me and like i said i said all the time it's like a therapy session i keep saying that because it really is like you're venting you're talking about all these different things and like we're sharing things that like we never really even knew about each other and like Mm -hmm. like we've known each other like most of our lives like it's like it's crazy it really is and like people who listen to this too because like i don't know who listens to or when they listen to it or how they listen to it but like i know people do and i get great comments and feedback it's like oh i never even knew that person or so and so went through that and like that experience like really like motivated me or like inspired me to be better. And like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: every single person has a story and every single person has a purpose.
0: A hundred percent.
1: And that's a huge thing to acknowledge. And like, that's where people get really stuck. Yeah. Like how you're saying you, like you got stuck, you felt stuck in the mud. Like you didn't Mm -hmm. know where to turn. And like, that's so important to acknowledge. Like a lot of people feel like that. I felt like that. Mm -hmm. And like, reaching out to the right people and connecting the right people. I think it's so crazy how much our stories like are very similar. Like obviously there's differences, but like we're like, it's very similar in a lot know, of stuff that, that we crazy. experience. Like it is like it, things have been happening in my life. that feel like they're supposed to be happening in a certain way. Yes. Like, and especially when you start thinking more positively,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it like draws in that energy and yes. like guides you on a certain path. Do you feel that in your own life? The positivity. Positivity and like when things, you start doing things aligned with your purpose almost.
0: Yeah, it, it's so crazy, you know, when I decided to quit my job and then to take on my dad's restaurant full time. It it was just like freeing, mm-hmm. I guess. It's like, you know, like it's really what it described, it, how to describe it. It's just that like everything I'm doing now, is I'm doing it because I want to do it. Not because somebody else wants me to do it or because someone else, you know, thinks I should do it this way. And, you know, now I feel like the things that I have lining up for me right now, like in terms of, you know, I applied to law school and I got a scholarship. Like, I don't know if I would have gotten that two years ago, you know, when I graduated from undergrad. So it's like, OK, well, maybe I need these two years of experience to, you know, decide that I wanted to do this because like I said, two years ago, I probably, I wasn't even thinking about law school. And then I realized that it really is my passion. And, you know, that's what I've been able to discover, you know, with this, you know, this journey. I mean, that's cliche, but, you know, this journey mm. that we take. And it's 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 really cool to see that when you, what you put out into the universe is really what you get.
1: That's true. Like, like I feel like we were supposed to have this episode today and like we're supposed mm-hmm. to be a meeting and talking about this stuff. And then like we talk about it and it's like oh, you went through that too? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Like, everything just makes sense. And, like, everything happens for a reason. Like, I said it earlier, yes. and, like, it's just so true. Like
0: Totally believe that.
1: And even if we don't know the reason for these things, like, eventually we learn and, like, mm-hmm. we get a lesson from everything that we experience. And, like, I don't ever regret things that I've gone through in my life because I wouldn't be who I am without these Traumas and these experiences, whether they're good or bad. Right. And it's accepting that and understanding that these things really do impact our lives going forward. And it depends on how you look at it and how you take it.
0: Yeah. And I totally agree with you when you say, like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And it's like, I wouldn't take back my breakdown. I wouldn't take back, you know, working at a job that I hated. I wouldn't take back, you know, the year of like just suckiness. Like, I wouldn't take it back because that is exactly what led me to be in this position that I am right now. Because if I had maybe like gone straight out of college and went to my dad's restaurant, well, then I probably wouldn't have, you know, the experiences. I wouldn't have the experiences that I had before I went there. So I like, I literally like agree with you wholeheartedly in the sense that yes, like everything happens for a reason. And like, you may not see it now, but it will eventually make sense later on. And like people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. I mean, they say that. So, I mean, Mm. I, I, I believe it.
1: That's absolute truth. And you you always can, as long as you get the lesson, I'm one one of those corny, I I guess you can call me corny. I try (laughs) to get a lesson or a reason out of everything that I do.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, I don't like doing things without purpose. Yeah. Like, if I'm doing something Mm -hmm. mindlessly, like, I don't really enjoy that. Yeah. Like, it's just usually not aligned with what I'm trying to accomplish. And like,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm so, I'm a very passionate person. I'm a very purpose-driven person. So when I'm not doing things passionately or towards my purpose, I get like anxious and like mm-hmm. upset i'm like what am i doing here am i just i'm just wasting my time like yeah and i think that kind of comes with time and figuring out who you are and like mm-hmm. what you allow into your life the type of energy that you allow whether it's from people mm-hmm. family relationships like all that crap you learn what's good for you and what's not good for you oh
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: and that's over time but we are coming closer towards the end of this podcast and i before we get towards like my wrap up, I usually end with a specific question. Is there anything that you wanted to like touch upon or share before we go on? Because we do have a little bit more time if needed.
0: Yeah, I think the only last, you know, word I think I want to say is, you know, some people do just quit their job because they hate it. And, you know, take time off and, you know, then find their passion or whatever it is. But, you know, obviously that can't always be the case you have bills to pay you have expenses you have things like that you know depending on where you are in your life you have a partner or children and things like that so you do need a stable income at some point so it's okay to have the job that pays the bills and then work on your passion on the side because then your passion will turn into your income or it can you know or it gives you enough of that break or that enough of that like looking forward to it To get you through that nine to five or whatever it is. And I worked on my dad's business while I was working at that job. And that's kind of why I leaned so much towards it. I took the leave of absence because there were just like some personal things in terms of, you know, agreeing for me to come into the business and things like that. But, you know, I worked on that in my free time. So do that while you're, you know, in a job you hate or whatever it is or not the job that you really would typically want. You know, you don't necessarily have to, like, quit cold turkey just because you hate it. You know, Mm. sometimes you do need to push through it because of, you know, that's just life. So it's okay, you know, to push through it if you need to. But then just focus your your time instead of sitting there and watching Netflix, you know, start a podcast or, Mm. you know, do whatever you want to do, you know, because you you do have time. It just depends on how you use it.
1: That's huge right there. That's big facts. And (laughs) usually my question, usually end on the same question, which is uh, what would your advice be? to someone who's pursuing their passion, mm-hmm. but you kind of just answered that. So, like, I I, had, I, <laughs> I I feel bad asking that again, but if there's anything else you wanted to add to that, I mean, I think that to, would...
0: To, like, know. following their passion? I mean, like, sometimes it doesn't show up right away, or sometimes mm-hmm. it's not as, like, apparent, or it doesn't just, like, slap you in the face. Like, I feel like... Obviously, you've got people out there that are like, oh, my God, I've been passionate about this since I was 12. You know, I've been a dancer Mm -hmm. or I've been doing this or doing that. Like, you know, when I was 12 years old, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to run a restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, you know, or like there's just like different things in life. So I think that explore everything, you know, like go try things that you've never tried before or like do things that you've been afraid to do because you might turn out that you love it. And if you love it, then maybe that's your passion. Like, you have no idea unless you try. Because like I said, if you keep sitting on the couch watching Netflix, you're never going to know. Because, you know, Netflix show isn't going to tell you what you're passionate about. You're not passionate about Grey's Anatomy. Or if you are, then go take a class on medicine or whatever it is. Or like salsa dancing, if that's something that you enjoy watching, like dancing with the stars or whatever it is. I mean, I'm going crazy here. But at the end of the day, it's basically like, just go out there and try everything, even if you fail and even if you hate it. Because that will just cross something else off your list.
1: Love that. Absolutely fantastic episode. I appreciate you (laughs) taking time out of your day to come hop on an episode with me and just catch up. It's been fantastic, and I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.
1: Awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'll be tagging you and everything, and we'll go from there. So I'll just give my little spiel now. So if you guys like the podcast, please rate, review, share it with your friends, share it with your family. All that fun stuff you can find me at the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the major listening platforms. And if you need to connect with me or Juliana, please just reach out and I can mm-hmm. connect you to, to either one of us. But until next time, guys, bye.